changing this one thing will result in liberation. Changing this one thing will result in unbinding from all perceptual filters, all illusions. Now, I understand that sounds like a tall order. Or maybe it just sounds ridiculous, but it's true. With that said, I will add a couple of caveats. One is, it's easier said than done. The momentum in place that makes this challenging, that results in so many people overlooking it, misunderstanding it, even misrepresenting it publicly. That momentum is powerful. It's been here a long time and it's reinforced in very sneaky ways internally and subliminally through communication among humans. So you could say that there's a lot in place to prevent this clear seeing. And even all of that is innocent but it has a lot of momentum, has a lot of power behind it. So that's one caveat. All of that true doesn't make this any less simple. It's rather simple, what I'm gonna say. Furthermore, the cost in the immediate or shortly after uh, the cost of changing this, changing this one thing is bigger than most people realize. It's okay, but it can be very surprising and it can come fast and it can be very disorienting and intense and show you things you didn't know about yourself, show you things you didn't want to see, show you truths about life and reality that you didn't know and some that you didn't want to know. That's the whole first chapter of my book. Warnings, cautions. I wouldn't talk about it this much if it wasn't okay in the end, because it is, but you should know all that. So those are the two big caveats. There's a good amount of momentum that hides this fact, this simple fact, this simple possibility. Even when we touch into it, that momentum is still there and comes back and knocks us over, turns us around, kind of makes us forget at times. So that's number one. Number two is, again, there can be a rather high cost to changing this one thing for any amount of time. What is the one thing? Okay, here it goes. It has to do with thought. It has to do with habit. It has, it has to do with a tendency and a specific belief. And I could say I'm convinced or I really think or I really believe that this is the key 
um, underneath all of it, all the techniques and practices and insights, but it's not a belief. It's just obvious. It's so obvious, ridiculously obvious. So it is true, but I leave it to you to decide how you're going to navigate this. Some of it's in your perhaps control. Some of it's not. This can happen very fast for people and I'm not sure they even choose it. It does happen fast for people often who really seem to have that buy-in. They really want to go through this process quickly or aggressively. And for many, it takes a while. It can take quite a while. Sometimes that's frustrating. Sometimes that feels natural, but there's probably various levels of how much buy-in you have into any of that anyway. So what is the, the, the simple thing that can be changed that is changed that makes all the difference? Let's get at this experientially in your own experience right now. So as you sit there and listen to this, what is your mind doing? What are the thoughts saying? Oh, this is, this is nonsense. Clickbait. He doesn't really know that. Is that what it's saying? Or maybe it's saying, oh, I can't wait to hear this answer. So this ought to be good. Can't wait to apply it. Or maybe it's skeptical. This is interesting. I feel something here, but it sounds far-fetched or hmm or your mind just be maybe saying this makes no sense at all I don't understand what's going on your mind may be thinking about or referencing a feeling you're having right now a sensation could be something intense could be fear could be anything so any of those possibilities right? Um, for what the mind could be doing, listening to this right now are possible for anyone, right? But the point isn't what you're thinking or me guessing what you're thinking. The point is to move your attention to it. I just wanted to, uh, incite you or induce you to move your attention into thought. What are those thoughts saying? Now, if you believe one of those thoughts, what is the next thought and the next thought? What is your impetus? If you believe one thought or you believe it's about you, for instance, if the thought feels something like, I believe this is true. If it feels like that, if the thought feels that way, what buy-in do you have? What impetus do you have? to believe that thought. Meaning to believe the thought that says you believe this is true, that there's a you there that believes this is true. What impetus do you have to believe that? And if you do believe that, if you do buy into it, if it feels like you, feels like your belief, how strong of a tendency do you have to believe the next thought? It says whatever it says. It'll be related to that in one way or another. 
maybe I believe this and here's why I believe it, or I believe this because I've watched these videos before and this guy knows what he's talking about, or it'll be, I don't believe this because this guy sounds like he's nuts. That's the next thought. And then what's the next thought? Some other mind wandering about another teaching or turning the video off because it's nonsense or whatever, write down that thought road. So what links those thoughts together? What is it that entices us when we believe one thought or say after we believe one thought, the moment we recognize we're believing a thought, we're identifying with a thought, what links that to believing the next one, to buying into the next one? What makes that happen? Why doesn't the mind just stop? Why doesn't one thought appear and then just silence? In your experience, why? I'm not talking scientifically or psychologically. I just mean look into your experience and see. Why grab that next thought? Why believe it? Why get hypnotized by it? Nothing but habit. There's something about that thought or about any thought that feels compelling. There's a feeling of being compelled to stay in that thought space, the thought gate, to entangle ourselves in thought. There's something that seems like, seems like you want to do that, right? It seems compelling, feels good, feels necessary. may not even feel good, but it might feel compelling even through a sort of fearfulness. But there's an underlying belief there, and this is what I wanted to point out. The underlying belief, and again, this is subtle stuff, like you really have to look closely to see this. But the underlying belief is because there's that feeling Whatever it is, you have to identify the feeling first in yourself. But because that feeling is here, that feeling of being compelled to grab onto a thought, that feeling of being compelled to rehypnotize myself into thoughts instead of just staying here in the present fully in the senses. Because I believe, I'm sorry, the belief is because I feel that because I have that sensation and I'm interpreting it as I need to grab the next thought. I need to believe the next thought. I need to become intertwined with the next thought. We do. That's it. When that stops happening, when we break that fundamental belief that there's anything in thought for us to grab onto, there's any need to respond to that sensation that seems to mark a need to go back into thought, to go down that mind road. Um, when that spell is broken, when that tendency is essentially ignored, or we realize we can ignore it, and then we 
often just through exhaustion of suffering, of exhaustion of struggle, frustration, endless thought. We finally decide to just not do it, to not go down that mind road. Then often very significant insights arise. And of course, they're not thought insights. <laughs> nothing about thought and nothing about your narrative, actually. Nothing about your story. So by not grabbing onto that next thought, you're also letting go of a story, a narrative that you've been telling yourself for a long time. And this is where the part comes in with caveat number two, where the cost can be surprising. It may feel good for a moment, but after a bit of not grabbing onto a story, not grabbing onto a narrative, it can start to feel intense or disorienting or whatever. But again, you can never know. So if you keep at this, Keep bringing yourself here and not grabbing onto the next thought, not identifying with the next thought. At some point, it will feel far better to stay in that gap, to stay in the non-grasping and the non-identifying than it will to re-identify because it's just become so painful to try to uphold that false identity that false separate identity to keep the struggle going when you're only struggling against yourself and you know it, that becomes far less interesting than just letting go. So that's it. That's the simple thing that can be changed at some point. It's the tendency to grab on to the next thought. You can break that spell completely. And at first that leads to this experience of pure consciousness, consciousness without a subject and an object, unbound, unbound by a thought or a narrative. And then over time, it leads to being completely free to live in and as the sense fields only non-dualistic, radically intimate, without a narrative, without adding overlays like purpose and meaning, fully feeling, fully hearing, fully seeing, until there is only the heard, the felt, and the seen. It is a radical departure from what it was like to live in a narrative, but it's available to anyone.